I think most of us agree that 2020 was a year of fear. Between the unknown of a pandemic that still is going on right now, uh, an intensely contested, polarized election, economic strain on individuals and business owners as they wonder, you know, where is paycheck going to come from this week? Where uh, will be will we be able to stay open if there's another outbreak and all the other things that are going on? Just to mention a few things, and those are just things that are new just to that year. That doesn't take into account all the other things that you already struggle with anxiety and fear over. Today in Mark 4, Jesus will challenge us with the same question that he presented to his disciples, which is this. Why are you so afraid? Are you ready for a little toe steppage? Uh, because most people like their fears. It makes them, it, I know it sounds counterproductive, but it makes you feel comfortable to be, uh, to live in this place of anxiety and fear because it's the norm and I want to help us break out of that. Uh, before I pray, and I've said this the last few weeks and I think it's important, uh, if you need something from God, ask for it. You don't have because you don't ask. So if there's something that you feel that you need God to respond to you today, ask for it. Let's pray. Jesus, as you sit beside the Father right now, interceding for your people, I pray that no longer would we be satisfied with the status quo with fear and anxiety. Lord, I pray that we would, for maybe the first time, understand how much bigger than all these other things that we're afraid of you are than them. How much more powerful you are than them. And Lord, I pray that we would lean in to you today. That we would see your willingness and ability to eliminate fear from us just by our understanding and trusting you. So Lord, let your word speak to us today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So from last week when we were in Mark 2, Jesus has been touring uh, the area. He's been preaching, teaching. Uh, He actually sets up at the beginning of chapter 4, which we're going to be starting in 35. uh, But he literally preaches almost all day and to a crowd so large that he was forced to get in a boat right off the water because the crowd was pressing in. There were so many people there. And he taught one after another of parables, teaching them about the kingdom and what it was going to be like. And he preached up until nightfall and then decided, where we're picking up right now in verse 35, to go to the other side of the lake. So in verse 35, it says, On that day when evening had came, he said to them, Let us cross to the other side, which is important which I'll bring around in a little bit. These are important words because he says, let us cross to the other side. Verse 36, and it says, And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. He didn't even get out of the boat. He was in the boat preaching, teaching the crowd. And he said, let us go to the other side. The disciples get in and they head out to the other side. And other boats 
were with them. So they weren't just the only boat. They were uh, the people who were going to go wherever Jesus was going. So other people got into boats and followed Jesus to where he was going. In verse 37, it says, A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So here's what you need to know. Because if you're not familiar with boating and being out on the water during storms, that you're like absolutely terrifying. Um, and if you have an insane fear of drowning, um, this is like probably presenting anxiety for you right now. But five of the twelve disciples that were in this boat were seasoned fishermen. This wasn't their first storm. And I want you to understand that because when they're scared, it's scary. No, it's not like, oh, like, uh, the elders went on a little boating trip fishing. It was a beautiful time of me mostly getting sick and laying down on the front of the boat. And there was no big waves. It was just the gentle rock of traveling into open water. Just to say, Heath won't be journeying out into that open water again. Not without the correct pills or bracelet or something it was who anyway and so they're terrified about this storm and rightly so because they're familiar with the water this is a a lake that they've spent their life fishing they understand these quick storms that kind of pop up because it was down in this valley in verse 38 it says but he referring to jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion not that you need to know this, but this is the only place in the New Testament that it mentions Jesus sleeping, but he slept. And I will say, as someone that speaks um, as their job, preaching is exhausting, and there's a good reason why he was sleeping. It's a good reason why most Sunday afternoons I go home and try to do as little as possible. But Jesus was asleep. And this is also, for those, this is a big note-taking Carrie Underwood got her song, Jesus Take the Wheel, from this verse. Because he was in the back of the boat where they steer, and they were saying, hey, wake up, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not sure if that's where it came from. but <laughs> Anyway, somebody was waiting for some big biblical truth, and I just quoted, Jesus, take the wheel. But he was asleep on the cushion in the back of the boat, and the disciples are terrified enough to wake him up. And it says, and they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The disciples' unbelief caused this fear. And their fear made them question whether really Jesus cared about them at all. See, the apostles' lack of faith reminds us that even those who lived and walked with Jesus saw his Miracles and heard his messages still found it difficult to be a hundred percent faith filled all the time. In that way, the disciples were like a lot of us. However, their lack of faith was rebuked and by extension, so is ours. If Jesus was able to rescue the apostles from the storm, he is also able to rescue us from the storms of everyday life sickness. Job loss, marriage problems, and even the sting of death. Remember, at the beginning of this in verse 35, he said, Let us go 
to the other side. He didn't say, let us go into the center of the lake and drown. But let us go to the other side. In verse 39, something that probably forever changed the way the disciples viewed Jesus happened. It says, And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Psalms 89.9 says, You rule the raging of the seas when the winds, when the waves rise, you steal them. And Psalms 93.4 says, Mightier than the thunderous of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. They were rightly scared about what was going on. But they forgot the most important part of what was going on is that Jesus was in the boat. They weren't alone. But imagine just for a second, and these disciples, the five who were seasoned fishermen, had seen all kinds of things on the water, but they had never seen someone speak to the water, and it stopped. There was such a great storm going on that they're terrified enough to wake Jesus from sleep. And he gets up and speaks three words. And the thing that was terrifying them to where they're saying, do you not care that we are perishing? It's quiet. It's done. Can you imagine how eerie, and we'll understand that because they're getting ready to say how they felt about it, how eerie it was in one minute you think you're going to die because the boat is going to go down in this storm in the next minute because of three words. It's still. I mean, think about that for just a minute. And really the implications are that whether Jesus got up and rebuked the wind or not, they were okay regardless of whether this happened, because he's going to challenge them right now about their lack of faith, what he's saying to us and them is regardless of whether he calms the storm, if I'm in the boat, it's okay. And I know that seems callous, depending on what you're going through. But even in death, there is victory for his children. This is not our eternity. This is not everything for us. In verse 40, he said, he said to them, why are you so afraid? And he knows their experience. He knows why they felt the way they felt, but he is challenging them because he is there. Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? They're beginning to understand what Jesus is really about, what he is trying, even through all of his messages and all the things that he's done, trying to communicate to them that Jesus is not a normal man. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be an in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. 
Our greatest problem is within us, not around us. Because what's happening around us is going to happen regardless. This storm that they were in, unless Jesus rebuked it, was going to continue. Our greatest problems are what's going on inside of us. And let me just tell you, most of us are struggling with our past because of things that we've done that came out of our heart. Decisions that we've made, actions that we've solidified that started within us. This unbelief is the most dangerous thing that we will experience as we walk out this faith. Because the world will love to tell you that you're never going to get through this. This will destroy you. And let me just tell you, uh, even sitting here during worship, I, I felt just bombardment of just like irrational things. The enemy is here to destroy you, to whisper in your ear. And the only thing that you can do to stand against that is believe in the source that is greater than the whisper. Greater than the words that do come already into your noggin all the time. As you sleep, when you get up, thoughts about tomorrow, it's filled with insecurities. And the only thing that gives us a security, because we are not greater than the things that we're up against. The disciples weren't greater than the winds and the waves, but the one who was in the boat with them was. See, on the other side of this, which I've preached it several times, right? When he lands on the other side, Jesus had a mission on the other side of this water and nothing was going to stop the mission that he had. When he landed on the other side, he's going to encounter a demoniac, a person who is unable to be controlled by anyone else, who has a legion of demons. You're talking about someone being overwhelmed spiritually, a legion of demons, and it lives and exists with no clothes in the tombs, And Jesus steps his foot on the ground and frees him. And the disciples, imagine they're seeing these one after the other. And right after this, Jesus is going to raise the little girl from the dead. The Sanhedrin ruler came to him in the middle of his journey because another woman came and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she is freed of her issue of blood that she had had for 12 years. And before they got to the house, they're like, leave the teacher alone. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus says, have faith. And he walks into the house and they're like, you know, they're, they're mourning, and he says the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I would never say this walking into a, uh, someone that just died and say, why are you mourning? And he, he forces everybody out, he and his disciples and the parents go into the house, into the little girl's room and raise her from death to life. He is greater than the natural We see that with the winds and the waves. He is greater than any spiritual influence in your life. We see that in the legion of demons. And he is greater than death. And I don't say that to eliminate that death will happen to us in this room. Every single one of us in this room at some point, unless Jesus returns before, will experience death. But death is not the end for us. Death is just an entryway into, and not that I want people to experience death any sooner than God has ordained it, 
But death is the entryway to what we'll experience. I mean, just like Megan said with the singing. I mean, like I know it's hard now with everything going on to think about that laying our crowns and laying all these things down and worshiping God. It will not be a hard concept when we're there. Because we, like the disciples, when they said, they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? Because we'll know. Sitting, kneeling on our face before the Creator, we will know His worth and His majesty, and we will worship it for an eternity gladly. Why are you so afraid? What is overwhelming you right now? What is the thing that you can't overcome? The thing that you feel that there's no hope in? Because this is where the disciples were. The disciples were coming to Jesus going, why don't you love us? And let me just tell you, just because Jesus doesn't rescue, and we see this all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, just because Jesus doesn't rescue and free you immediately from what you're suffering with does not mean that he doesn't love you. A little bit later from this, two or three chapters down, Jesus um, wants to show even more of his greatness when he sends his disciples across the water again. Um, and he decides to take a stroll on the water. And he didn't intend, I love how it is written, he, didn't, he, he just intended to pass on by and they see him. And they're terrified. And what does Peter do? Because they're, they're, you know, it's not like a calm placid water you know it's a little rocky and um they they're terrified because yes if you see someone walking on the water it is okay to be terrified and he says it's me have no fear and peter says if it's you call me out there peter takes a step could you imagine the faith to step out of the solid into onto a liquid just because he says to come. And he steps onto this water. And the moment he takes his eyes off of Jesus, what happens? He begins to sink. He begins to sink. Now, he was on the water. None of the other disciples said, Hey, Jesus, invite me out on that water. And Jesus pulled him out of the water, got back into the boat. He didn't remove the winds or the waves. He called him out into the middle of it. Our greatest problems are within us, not us, not around us. And if you don't deal with those things, if you don't deal with the war that's going on inside of you, it will consume you. My challenge to us today is being willing in the middle of a storm to trust Jesus more than than the potential damage, loss, or pain that will come from what's against us. Who's in your boat matters. 
I'm going to finish with a section out of Romans 8. Love Romans 8, by the way. If you've been around for a while, you know my affinity to it. You, you should read it over and over again. It's good stuff. But look, look at this. Romans 8, verses 31 through 35. It says, What then shall we say to these things? <clears throat> if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who shall bring accusation against his children? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn. Jesus is the one who died more than that, was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine, and Famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. What can separate you? Nothing. And that next verse, which I don't have up there, says like we are sheep led to the slaughter. And then verse 37. I love this verse so much so that I have part of it on my body. Because it says, no, in all these things, that list, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. More than conquerors. You aren't more than a conqueror for what you can do or how strong you are. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. And what he was saying to the guys on the boat, not that you shouldn't be afraid about what's going on, it's why are you so terrified that you think your life is going to end when you know I'm right here with you. Some of us in this very room need to deal with the reality of what's going on in our life. And we need, to, we need to ask ourselves this big question. Is Jesus, and I know this sounds weird, is Jesus in our boat? Because if he's not in your boat, we, can, we don't get these promises. We don't, we don't get all this stuff that Jesus says that I'm here and, and I'm, the peace I'm going to give you and the joy I'm going to give you. We don't get those things without him being in our boat. But if he is in our boat, then we don't have anything to fear. Even death itself is not terrifying. I love how Paul, in his struggle with this, because it was part of him that wanted to depart from here and be with Jesus. But there was a bigger part of him that was more interested on being effective here. Because the moment we're with Jesus... Is the, is the last time, or the moment before that, is the last time we have any capacity to bring any change here. There's a reason why you're still living and breathing right now. And that reason, if you are a child of God, if Jesus is in the boat with you, that reason is building His kingdom through your life, period. doesn't mean you quit and become... A pastor, stop working. It means that you change the way you look at everything. It changed the way you look at going to work tomorrow because it's no more longer just going to this dumb job with this aggravating boss or whatever it is. 
It's more, I'm here in this place to serve this greater good. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So we have capacity when we walk into a room. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We are okay. If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to ask our worship team back up. And we need to deal with this. You need to ask yourself, if you're struggling with fear and anxiety, you've got to ask yourself the same question. Why am I so afraid? And if Jesus isn't in the boat with you, invite him in. Here's the beauty. Jesus came to give life and life abundant. But that life was there as a surrender on our side. We, we, we get Jesus through, we, or we, we experience salvation through Jesus, through lordship, which is surrender. And the best way to conquer the fears that are overwhelming you right now is surrender to a greater power, which is Jesus. And if you're struggling, acknowledge it. The disciples had no fear of waking up Jesus from his sleep and saying these words. Say it. Right here, as worship is going on, mouth it, speak it inside your head, say it out loud. Say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is why I'm overwhelmed. This is what's going on. And lay it down to him and ask for forgiveness say God I've, 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 I've not trusted you enough to not be afraid because of let's pray Jesus you are greater than what is coming against us you're greater than what we're struggling with you're greater than the issues that we're having right now there's a reason why the disciples were afraid. It's because they finally were beginning to understand how big and great and powerful you are, Lord. Let us have eyes to see how great and powerful and wonderful you are. And Lord, let us, let the words of uh, Romans 8, that if you are for us, I pray when we are overwhelmed, when we feel like the world is bombarding us, that we would acknowledge your presence. And after acknowledging your presence, that we would acknowledge that you're greater than what comes against us. Lord, we don't want to be overcome by fear and anxiety. And we understand that that means that we have to surrender moment by moment to you. So in this moment, we surrender our fears, our anxieties whether real or irrational, Lord, we, we lay them at Your feet. And Lord, I just ask that Your power would give freedom to us in this room. Thank You for being willing to be in the boat with us. Thank You for right now, right now interceding for Your children. Let us take hold of it as we worship as we confess and repent, as we pray and acknowledge our surrender to you this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name.
my fears and doubts, they can all come true, because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. Can you meet me here today with mercies that are new? All my fears and doubts, they can all come true. you, we trust you, we lay our fear at your feet, for we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. What could be better than that? 